Welcome to the Think Better with MS podcast, where we discuss a wide-ranging array of topics aimed at helping people like myself who live with multiple sclerosis. Hi, I'm your host, Tom Latona, and since my diagnosis back in April 2020, I've been on a mission to better understand life, life during a pandemic, life with a chronic illness, life with an autoimmune disease, all of it, and more. You know, it's a complex, confusing illness in a complex and confusing world, and often the two don't align very well. So this podcast is aimed at anyone who wishes to gain some new perspectives and insights from the experiences I had with living with MS. Here we laugh, we pontificate, and mostly we go off topic a lot, but always with the same intention, a singular goal, to think better with MS. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It is fantastic to be able to put out another episode of the Think Better with MS podcast for everyone. It's really great to be here uh, and to talk at you. (laughs) Uh, No one else is in the room, so I'm not actually speaking with anyone. I'm just talking at a microphone, which is still, admittedly, something that I'm getting used to. Um, But I thought that I would kick off uh, this episode as part one of a three-part series I'm putting together. And there's a really important reason for all of this. I'm going to touch on it uh, in a moment. Um, But I kind of need to, I feel the need to bring everyone up to speed on what is happening. Uh, not, Not so much just in my life, but in general as far as my life relates to living with multiple sclerosis and working through all the magic that exists in that realm. Uh, But also actual like life, you know, outside of MS, if one can imagine that, is still going on. So it's this never-ending battle of sorts of of just trying to prioritize what needs to happen first. And of course, as I've already touched on quite a few times, I prioritize my health first and foremost uh, above everything else. So that's my focus. That's my focal point. That's where I put my attention uh, every day and I create good, healthy habits that support that kind of lifestyle uh, and makes me make better decisions of how I spend my time and where I exert my energy and where I put my attention on certain matters. All of which is to say, that within that framework, at some point you have to execute a plan uh, within that framework to see if it's actually working. Uh, So I know that sounds kind of muddled, but people who have been listening along, um, thank you, first of all, for that, for your continued support. Um, But those who have been listening along will know that sometime back I did a a, a bit of a series or an arc, if you will, called The Ten Facets of Life. And the genesis of that was I was sitting in my room. I had just been diagnosed with MS. It was right at the very beginning of the COVID pandemic. And, you know, nothing was happening. (laughs) Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening outside. Nothing was happening inside. It was just, if you could remember that that time period, uh, it was full of confusion and fear and uh, uncertainty. 
and uh, I got this news that I am living with an incurable autoimmune disease. What the hell does that mean? You know, what is MS? Um, so there was a lot to process during that period. And fortuitously, I can look back at it now and see it, but then, admittedly, it was a bit muddled. Um, I had the time and the space to process certain things. Uh, it was as if the world or the universe was like, okay, listen, here's a bunch of, here's a double-decker shit sandwich, and you got to eat it. And it's not your fault, but you got to eat this thing. However, we're it's a chill universe, so we're going to give you a little time and space to process these things out. I could see that now, you know, almost four years removed from that scenario. I could see how um, having that that time and that that quietude to uh, you know really kind of get my head wrapped around what was happening in my life, uh, it was so important to me. Um, but in that time, anyway, um, I sat down and I just got really serious. <laughs> and I, I just jotted down like the 10 most important factors or the what I call them the facets of my life, you know. And, and you could go back and, and uh, go through those episodes and I go through each one. Uh, I just kind of introduced the topic. But, you know, obviously health was the, a priority um, at that time, uh, career that was on pause because no one was meeting, no one was leaving their house during that time so that, you know, I wasn't meeting with clients. Um, you know, finances, not a lot of money was going out, so it didn't matter that not a lot of money was coming in. That was, I always felt like a temporary thing, so that put on the back burner. Um, you know, friends, family, social life, um, I think most people can agree it, it took a hit, right? Um, so it wasn't really a priority, um, for me to, to get worried about that. So what I'm saying is there were certain areas that once I just really broke it down and made it simple, allowed me to not get overwhelmed with the everythingness of it all. And I was able to just kind of say, okay, today I need to really put some focus and attention on, you know, this category of my life. And somehow through all that, uh, I started to become more exposed to better books, um, better ideas. I stopped engaging in unhealthy behaviors or what I deemed to be unhealthy behaviors. Um, you know, I, I, the biggest one, I think, and, and I, always, I always bang this drum, is I put my goddamn phone down. I just put my phone down. I put it on Do Not Disturb, and I stopped looking at my phone all the time. And that, without question, is probably the best thing I ever done for myself. And I would encourage anyone listening to at least entertain that idea from time to time. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to go off the rails on it. But man, it's such a useful tool, but it also, more times than not, uses us. It sucks us right in and keeps us there, and we're not really experiencing life. We're experiencing this bizarre representation of life that, you know, you know the whole deal. Um, it, look, everything everything's in balance, right? Uh, use the phone when you need to use the phone for what phones are used for, but if it's something that you're just constantly staring at and... Maybe you realize I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not acting in such an aware fashion that I maybe 
should be. Maybe I'm missing things, you know, that are right under my nose because this phone is blocking it. You know, that might be a time to take a good look at yourself. And, you know, without judgment and just say, hey, maybe maybe I need to get a little more strict with myself, built a, a program of discipline into my life where I don't look at my phone for the first hour that I'm awake. Start there or, you know, start at 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, if you could do 10, you could do 20, you could do half an hour, eventually work yourself up where you're not just constantly on your phone. So that would be the one biggest thing. Um, in my experience, that was the most helpful or one of the most helpful things uh, moving along. But back to my point, in, in that time that I had to sort of sort things out, I, I built this foundation for myself. It was like a reinvention. Uh, I didn't call it that at the time. I didn't think of it in those terms. But now looking back, I could see what I was somehow on an intuitively subconscious level was going through the stages of acceptance and also like the what's next attitude like okay that's the <laughs> okay I, I, now I have the information um, I'm just dealing with a lot at the same time but I could figure this out I just need to figure out what I need to do I need to figure out how to figure it out you know um, and there's no textbook there's no handbook. There's no one definitive guide on how to uh, get diagnosed with MS during a once-in-a-lifetime global pandemic. I mean, if there is, I didn't see it on Amazon. So, and I looked. <laughs> I looked. Um, there just there was. It, it came so clear to me that there was nothing out there that was going to be the answer. Um, but it didn't mean I would be better off not looking for anything. So I started looking for maybe not answers, but solutions to the various problems I had going on at that time. Um, and the biggest one was obviously the, you know, COVID, uh, what are you going to do with COVID? Um, I didn't, I didn't invite it into my world. No, none of us did. Uh, but here it was, and I shut down the entire globe uh, for months. And right at the same time, I'm sitting in a doctor's office, and they're telling me that I have uh, MS and that I've had it, actually, for some time. But they're just, you know, they just discovered it. And, uh, you know, that's just a lot. That's a lot to, <laughs> like, that's a lot to take in, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, and then regular life stuff happens, you know, um, relationships fall apart and, you know, a change in career and uh, it, all the things, right? It just seemed that all of those categories of, hey, these are tragic things that happened throughout the course of somebody's life. They just all happened to happen at the same time for me, um, <laughs> which, you know, t it took its toll for a while. Um, but I again, fortunate that I had that time to uh, sit with it and just be with it. Um, I think it would have been a disservice if I had been diagnosed any other time uh, than April of 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic, because I would have just, I, I'm fairly confident I would have accepted the diagnosis the same way, although I would have had access to some of the 
old patterns and uh, stubborn behavior patterns that I, that I once held that was quite honestly holding me back. But I didn't know it. So it took all of that for me to see what I didn't need in order to open avenues to start working towards all the things that I think I do need. That's a confusing statement. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is uh, my life was good. It, it, was, it was not without uh, issues or, or uh, stressors, um, but I, I had a good life. I was living well uh, because I was, I, was, I was working towards goals um, in a healthy fashion, and life, you know, just kind of comes and fits into that puzzle. And then suddenly, whatever that puzzle was got upended very abruptly. And uh, I was left scrambling to find pieces and see if they would fit together, and um, a lot of them didn't. And it turns out that the puzzle just had far too many pieces. So I started getting rid of pieces. And um, the more I did that, it was not a very comfortable process. Still isn't. Um, but I can tell you I have much more of a better grasp on things now than I did then. Um, but there's value in understanding that maybe we just have too many pieces going on in our puzzle of life, um, which is going to look different for every single person. So I'm not going to try to generalize it, but I think you know what I'm talking about, you know. Um, and it, it's, it's a tough, tough process to go through and I don't envy the person who just wakes up one day and decides to start this process. <laughs> you know, I, I think I almost, I feel fortunate that I didn't really have a choice um, because I might have backed out. You know, I might have been like, Dad, this is, this is rough. I, I don't want, I can't do this. Um, but because I didn't have a choice, I mean, what am I going to do? It's, it's there's no cure for MS right now so I could sit in a closet and cry and hope and pray for a cure which you know probably doesn't hurt the cause but I don't know if that's the most effective strategy to moving forward um, hope is hope's a dangerous thing you know hope, hope is the elixir of the week I think at times um, hope is good but it can't be the main strategy. There's too many variants in, in hope. And uh, far too many times I've hoped and hoped and hoped things would go a certain way and they wouldn't. And I would experience a lot more pain and suffering as a result of the expectation than had I just acknowledged uh, something for exactly what it was and just moved accordingly. But these are the lessons you learn along the way, and they become more clear, and I don't think that many of them are one-time questions, or one, you know, uh, one-time lessons. I think you just somehow keep getting taught the same thing over and over again until it finally clicks, um, which is not an indictment on anyone's intelligence or uh, emotional IQ or anything like that. I think it was just, that's just a human thing. That's just a being a stubborn human, you know, we like things the way we like them. We like things when they make sense. And suddenly you might find yourself one day being thrust into a place where things don't make sense anymore. 
And then what? What do you do? Well, these are the kinds of questions I was asking myself as I was sitting in my room for months on end, weeks and months, and uh, trying to figure out what was happening with COVID and trying to figure out what MS was. I really didn't know much about it before the diagnosis, admittedly. And it was just putting a puzzle together. And uh, in doing so, I simplified my life. I was able to look at things for exactly what they were um, and acting accordingly. So uh, if something needed to not be in my life anymore because it was either an unhealthy thing or it just wasn't helping me to progress and move along, I learned how to say goodbye to those things. That doesn't mean it doesn't suck. It doesn't mean it doesn't, you know, hurt letting go. Um, But it's a necessary loss if you want to progress forward, in my opinion. Did I think I would be doing all of this loss and letting go at the same time? No, I would not recommend it. (laughs) I think this is one of those things where you want to pace it out if you can. But again, I was not given the option. So, I sat down and I started figuring out my own world, but then I also started looking outside of myself a little bit more. And one of the, the key things that kept popping up for me was, um, you know, I felt very isolated, um, rightfully so. You know, I was physically isolated from the rest of the world, as most of us were, because we were in, you know, uh, quarantine, self-quarantine or lockdown situation, shelter in place, however you want to phrase it. Um, yeah, there was a, the, the sort of physical isolation of it all. But, you know, there's phones, there's texting, you could FaceTime people, you could do a Zoom chat. So it wasn't like I was alone, I just was isolated, or I felt isolated, rather. But the more it progressed, the more I realized that dealing with multiple sclerosis is an, in and of itself a very isolating illness. Um, and I can say that with some certainty only because I experienced it and other people I talked to who have MS also express the same thing. And I don't have another illness I can compare it to. Um, so it's hard to just say MS is isolating. But I think it's fair to say that the majority of people who live with MS at one point or another will have a feeling of isolation um, and loneliness based on the fact that they, they are living with MS. Now, whether it's directly related to the MS, that's a whole other story. But, you know, I'm just trying to dance around something and be very careful the way I speak. But it can lead to feelings of isolation for a number of reasons. One, I rarely know what's going on inside my body. So if I don't know what's going on, how would anyone expect me to coherently express that to them? How do you explain to your friend what you're going through when you can't even really find the words to explain what you're going through or even understand what you're going through? I I don't know. It changes so rapidly sometimes. I couldn't tell you. I could tell you when maybe I'm feeling a tingling sensation in my leg. Okay, we've all been there. That's relatable. But I can't tell you 
exactly how it feels like I've that I'm not in my body <laughs> sometimes, you know, like, you know, how do you explain that to someone other than OBE? Um, but you know, it's not like I had a near death experience. Uh, you know, I don't think, uh, but there are times where I feel like I'm just like a half inch off my center. I bump into things. I, uh, go to put my coffee mug down where I'm pretty sure I have a lot of table underneath that mug and somehow it ends up on the edge. You know, like I, I, I go to grab a pen and I'm like an inch off of that. Who knows? Um, it could be like something psychological. It could be just a symptom of MS that makes me not have proper depth perception. It could be related to optic neuritis. I mean, there's a million things. And here you go. That The mind is swimming and we're trying to find something that will help us make sense of a simple statement of, I feel like I'm a half inch off center and there's this whole exposition about it. And that's in a nutshell, just how at times terrifyingly confusing this illness is. Uh, it's just, there's nothing linear about it. There's nothing cohesive about it. It is, it's, it's sick. <laughs> it's truly sick. It's like being put in an escape room um, that was designed to not have an exit. But yet you have to go and try to find all these little clues and piece them together. And, and at this point, like the, the creator of the room is just laughing. <laughs> He's just watching you through the CCTV and just laughing, knowing that like, yeah, none of these clues add up, man. You're just stuck in a room. You know? <laughs> that's, that's what at times living with MS is like at times. And other times, it's actually this really wonderful thing. It's this completely liberating, freeing experience um, that, again, hard to, hard to describe, hard to contextualize into a vocabulary that people might understand. Um, it, it's hard to explain that. But it doesn't mean that it can't be communicated. And that sort of brings me to my main point of today's episode, which is um, based on community. I want to talk a little bit about community and why it's so important. So as I mentioned not so briefly a few moments ago, um, I was alone and there was feelings of isolation. And I, I knew inherently, that uh, if I was able to get around people who also had MS, people who had shared experiences as I, uh, I might be able to gain some insight or at least just settle myself down and say, okay, I'm, I'm not the only one going through this. Um, this, this is my MS, yes, but, uh, you know, the condition itself, there's other people, let me go find them. And that, I think, is a smart, <clears throat> excuse me, and sensible approach. However, like I also mentioned, everyone was stuck in their house for months on end. So we weren't meeting uh, anywhere. There were no people gathering in, in groups. Um, it, everything was online or wasn't happening. So I attempted to make some connections by reaching out to the National MS Society and they had a number of uh, virtual groups, 
meeting uh, through Zoom, and I joined in on a few. And um, this is, again, now bear in mind, this is my first experience with a sort of self-help slash support group slash MS anything. First time I'm talking to anyone who has MS about MS. It was all new to me, brand new to me. Um, and I just remember uh, feeling a, a bizarre combination of a, a deeper sense of sorrow and uh, I'm hesitant to say like depression, but I, I felt very low during and after those meetings, which I don't think is fair to say without the disclaimer, this has nothing to do with the individuals that were in that group because we were all in the same situation, more or less. So it's not a critique on the individuals, uh, nor is it a critique, a critique rather, on the platform. Um, it, it's more me. I, I'm, I'm just a, <laughs> I'm an analog guy in a digital world. So I'm not great with technology, as we've discovered throughout the course of this podcast. Um, I have a lot of technical issues, and I, I'm working at it. I am. It's just I'm a one-man show. I do the best I can. Um, but all my life, it's been the same way. Me and electronics and technology, we just don't mesh very well. So when I'm trying to have a human connection with another human, uh, and, but I'm doing it through a screen, it just didn't resonate very well. The energy was off. I just couldn't get reads on people. Um, it, it just, it, it was like watching windows into other people's lives and everyone else just felt sad and scared and lonely as well. And I think that's what impacted me the most negatively was I, I didn't feel support. I didn't feel part of anything. I just felt like I was a voyeur into uh, a world of sadness. Um, and it was you know, that, that's on me. I don't blame anyone else for that, but uh, facts are facts. I was new to, you know, new to the whole everything, it felt like. And uh, it was good to know that I wasn't alone, but it wasn't, it wasn't hitting the spot, if you know what I mean. Um, and I didn't know what the spot was, but I just knew it wasn't hitting it. So that was something to at least start from. Okay. So I'm aware that there is a community of people that are willing to, to work, uh, to talk, to help, to assist, to support. They were out there. Um, the circumstances of not being able to get together in the same room, that was outside of my control. That was outside of everyone's control. So there was no need to stress that. But I had this forward-thinking vision of at some point this is going to lift. At some point people will be able to walk into the same room as another human being at some point. And um, then what? You know, will, will it be the same impact? Will it be different? Is it just because I like being in the, the same energetic field as other people? You know, um, that could very well be the case. But I started thinking a lot about community and why it's so important. Um, and it was... That alone was a new sort of startling revelation for me. And in order to fully comprehend this, I have to kind of sidetrack just for a second and explain something about me that people who know me personally are aware of. But if you're just listening to this as a podcast uh, and we've never met or had any lengthy discussions, you, you wouldn't 
maybe know this about me, but it's this. Um, I like being alone. I, I guess in, in today's parlance, you would call me an introvert. Um, but I'm also very extroverted. When I'm around the right people or in the right situations and I'm feeling like a good energy between people, um, you know, I'm a class clown. Um, but at the end of the day, I much prefer to go home to a nice quiet place and um, just live my existence that way. It's always been that way. Um, so I've never been a big fan of the idea of a community or it's never really been in my head. I'd like small social groups. I enjoy, uh, people I trust in my orbit, but, uh, you know, I've never been one to just join a thing just because it's a thing. Um, so anyways, that's a little background on me. So you can see now I'm dealing with a lot of new things. I'm dealing with uh, this new situation and illness, uh, new perspective on life. And I'm oddly looking for, I'm actively looking to find people to associate with, which has never been my thing. I, it's the opposite. It was always the opposite. I'd always like run away from groups of people because, you know, people. <laughs> but here I was, I was actively looking to find people. And I'm like, I, 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 you know, I need to get connected to this community. And it got me thinking about community. Like what, 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 what even is it right for me? Like, what would that look like? Um, and I don't know, you know, I, I, I could tell you what it kind of feels good for me. Um, but it's just like MS is going to change for every, or is going to be different rather for every single person. But I think at the core of it, it comes down to this. It, break that word apart a little bit. It, it's common unity. So it's that there's one thing that unites a bunch of different people who might otherwise not be associated at all. This happens every day. This happens all the time. Think about it. You go to a bar to, on a Sunday afternoon and watch a, uh, your favorite football team play, you identify with the people wearing the same colors as you. You don't know them. You don't know their name. But when the team scores a touchdown, you'll high-five anybody wearing the same colors, right? That's your tribe. That's your community in that moment. Political parties are really just, we're united by a common unity, depending on whatever that political affiliation is. Um, oddly, it's come down to colors as well lately. But you see my point? Um, you, you take it on, on a social world. Um, if you're into music, let's say you're really into a, a type of music. I don't know. Uh, smooth jazz. Why would anyone be in the smooth jazz? Bad example. Let's talk about like hardcore music, right? Like punk. I know a lot of people that I met only because we would keep showing up to the same venues to see the same kinds of bands play, you know, like, so, Hey, I know you from the punk scene. Okay. Awesome. The, our love of the misfits, <laughs> uh, is what we bond over, but obviously the really relationship, if it progresses after that, you know, a friendship comes out of it, um, you know, transcends just the music, but that's that common unity that, that ties people together. So you get the idea. Like it's not, this is not a revolutionary, a revolutionary idea here that I'm coming up with, but 
I found it interesting to just really simplify everything and look at community that way. That's why community is so important, especially when you're dealing with living with a chronic illness like multiple sclerosis, because uh, I don't have the facts in front of me, but it's like 2.43, 2.3 or 4 million people on the planet have MS. And nearly half of them are in the United States, which is an alarming fact in and of itself and probably deserves a separate episode discussing that. Um, but it's not the only autoimmune and or chronic illness that is rare enough to technically be in the rare disease category, but also uh, quite widespread in certain regions. Uh, and where I live in the Northeast, um, there's a huge population of people with MS. So I'm starting to put all this together and I realize that there is um, a community of people who are commonly united by this illness that they have. And they're not all, some people don't want to engage, but most want to engage with other people and find that connection and bond and build relationships of trust and respect over that common unity, which is multiple sclerosis. Interesting thing. So once the 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 stay-at-home bans lifted and we were able to sort of re-enter the world like normal people again, we were inundated with, you know, a new vocabulary. There was social distancing, um, you know, uh, the new normal, oh, it's a new normal, whatever that means. Um, and I think now, uh, here in early 2024, almost four years removed, there's a lot of people who just view it as being back to normal or back back at it. Um, and I don't have that luxury. I don't think I ever will. Um, and, and I don't know if that makes me just more separate from it or not, but COVID and... Uh, MS are just the same thing. They, you know, for me, it's a week apart. It was, it was just one big, uh, it was one big bang is what it was. Um, and it reshifted my worldview and my world itself. And um, I can't separate the two. And honestly, I don't think I want to at this point. I enjoy having that as my sort of starting point, April 2020. That's where everything, you know, exploded and putting it back together. And I'm able to put it back together because of things like community. I have now found um, the support and encouragement that I had been looking for uh, back in those days. Now I have it. Um, I have contacts in my phone. I have people I can talk to. I got myself out and actively put myself into situations where I would join support groups and uh, volunteer to talk with people who were newly diagnosed, um, and all of it has just been so rewarding. It's so amazing. Um, and within that community of, of people with MS, there's one of the other common unities, common bonds that exist, is they're all like incredibly strong, resilient people. They're all like just superheroes, you know? <laughs> Uh, they're just, there's a, there's a way of communicating between two people who have MS 
that is, I don't know. It's just, there's a shorthand that exists. Like they get it cause they've been there, you know? So like what I was talking about earlier being, uh, like a half inch off center, um, that just sounds weird to a normal person's ears. Like, what are you talking about? But when I say it to a friend of mine, uh, in the MS community, they get it, <laughs> you know, they, they just, they get it. They, you get the head nod and you're like, okay, I'm with my people. Like they don't have to fully understand it, but they somehow get it. And I get them. And, and that's what community is all about. It's having that network of people that understand where you're coming from. They understand the good days, the bad days, and all the other days in between. They get it. They understand the struggle, the battles, the the invisibleness of it all. They get it. Um, they're just way more compassionate, empathetic, kind, caring. They're great. I mean, really, I for a guy that avoided... <laughs> being a part of a team and, uh, you know, joining in on, on the whole group idea for the majority of his life. Um, for a guy that, that had that now I'm like, yeah, if I, if I had to be sort of connected to a community of people, this is the one that's that. Yeah, this is the one I'm glad I lucked out. Um, so I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate to have MS from that, that angle, um, because it allows me to associate and uh, build friendships and relationships with people who are um, incredibly inspirational to me. And that's important. That is so incredibly important. So first of all, hats off to all my peeps out there. <laughs> Uh, whether we meet in person, we meet virtually, uh, and or we're just like buddies on Instagram. Um, I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the support. Anytime I reach out, um, someone's always there, and uh, they reach out, and I'm I always try to be there for them too. So it's it's something that just really works, um, and I'm just really proud and honored to be a part of this uh, MS community. So that being said, thank you for indulging me on that. Um, the next couple episodes, I'm going to be talking about some of uh, the work I've been doing within that community um, and explaining why it's important to me personally um, and what I get out of it sort of selfishly uh, by that. It makes me feel good. So uh, we'll touch on that, but also on the broader perspective of why getting involved, um, with the MS community, um, why it matters because it does. And it's not limited to, and this is very important. It's not limited to just, if you have MS, get involved. Um, this reaches a little bit further than that. This goes to the spouses and partners and friends and family and brothers and sisters and caregivers of people who live with this disease day in and day out. Um, you too are unsung heroes and need support. So um, as we progress along, uh, I'm doing an episode where we're going to talk about some of the work I'm doing within the uh, support uh, spectrum of uh, MS. And there's two really key components there that I'm excited to talk about. 
And then we're going to talk about what uh, the big support, at least you know where I am, is the National MS Society, which has been an amazing resource um, for myself and millions of others who are looking for help and guidance and um, assistance in whatever they, you know, at facet of their life they might need to, to be addressed at that moment. Um, it's there. It's with the MS Society. So I've been working and partnering uh, my mission with, with their mission for a world that's free of MS. And I'm trying my best to do my part to help that out. And it's been a really nice relationship and community to be a part of as well. Um, and under that umbrella is some fundraising that we're going to talk about. Uh, specifically, there's an episode coming up where I will be talking about the MS Walk, which is a terrific opportunity to get oneself uh, involved and assimilated into the community and some of the inner workings of what the MS walk is, what it represents to people with MS. And also I do want to very much talk about the fundraising efforts uh, that are behind the MS walk and what happens when fundraising happens um, or occurs um, in events like that because what the ultimate goal is is to have a world that MS does not exist in. And in order to properly do that, there must be a cure. And they're working on it. But until such a time that a cure is available, there are additional things that need addressing, like people need day-to-day -day help sometimes. And uh, a lot of the re uh, fundraising goes towards uh, building out resources for that. So anyways, we're going to talk about fundraising. We're going to talk about support groups. We're going to talk about some of the work that I'm doing there. And then finally, and I, this is... This is the culmination of a few months worth of work here, so you're gonna have to pardon my excitement. Um, but I have a very, very, very special episode coming up, and I, I'm gonna tease it out a little bit, but I don't wanna give any spoilers. Um, but I've been working on this little side project. It's finally, com almost complete, nearly complete. Um, and if it does what I think it can do, it's gonna be a pretty incredible thing. It's going to benefit a lot of people, and it's really going to help raise the awareness level of multiple sclerosis and work for uh, advocacy for MS as well. However, I'm going to need your help with it. That's the only thing. I'm a guy who's not accustomed to asking for help very often. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I could barely even say ask for help without coughing. <laughs> um, I'm learning how to ask for help when I need help. And um, that episode will be the one where um, I'm going to ask for some help. I need a little assistance with the project I'm, I, I'm on. And um, I think if we all pool our communal resources together, I'm confident we can get it done. So you're going to want to stay tuned um, for the next couple episodes. It's going to be pretty exciting stuff. I hope that everybody is having a fantastic day. And wherever you are and whatever you're doing, sure you're taking care of yourself and take care of the people around you. Talk to you soon.